The social media hive mind is as fast as it is vicious. Say or do something triggering and you could find yourself going viral and getting cancelled. But what does it mean really to get cancelled? What is cancel culture? And should businesses risk taking a political stand knowing that they could face backlash? This B-side episode is a two-hander featuring Nicole Corato, a professor of political sociology at the Center for Deliberative Democracy and Global Governance at the University of Canberra, and Nina Elaine Dizon Cabrera, founder and chief executive officer of Colorette Cosmetics, whose tweet almost got her cancelled in November 2020. First up, we have Professor Corato speaking with Business World reporter Marielle C. Luceno. How would you define cancel culture? Obviously, the common definition of cancel culture is a form of public shaming. And also, I think sociologically, it's society's way of regulating itself. Because obviously, when we cancel somebody, we're making a moral judgment, right? Or an ethical judgment. To say that you cancel somebody is to say that you didn't like what that person did or what that company did. That's why you have to call that person out. So I think the key to understanding cancel culture is uh, there's an element of unmet expectation. Right. So if we think about our influencers now, for example, everyone is talking about Tony Gonzaga on Twitter. People have expectations on uh, what religious people should be like. And then they get disappointed when they see this religious person supporting a presidential candidate proven by courts to have ill-gotten wealth, which obviously is stealing, which is against the Ten Commandments. I think that's how I would define cancel culture. There is an expectation that is unmet by a particular person or a particular company, but it's not just unmet expectation. There's a call to action, which is canceling, in this case, boycotting, unfollowing, trying to extract consequences from someone's actions. Is there room for the democracy in such kind of cultures? Because so, I've watched your previous interviews or your previous articles, and you've talked about deliberative democracy and, you know, not to shut down conversations because if you want change, you have to talk about them. So is the boycotting, the cancel culture, is there room for democracy? Yeah, I, I think so. Absolutely. So like what I mentioned a while ago, cancel culture in a way is an indication of the values we want to defend as a society. But I think for this to be a democratic practice, cancel culture is effective if we hold powerful people into account, meaning it's useful if we punch above, not if we punch below. If we cancel people or call for accountability for people who already command so much power in society. As an example of a business that was canceled because of their political views, what comes to mind is um, SoulCycle in the US, Mm -hmm. a boutique fitness firm that Uh, hosts spinning classes and the values it promotes are togetherness, solidarity, collective strength, right? You ride with your pack. And then when one of the investors of SoulCycle's fundraiser, or actually even hosted a fundraiser for Donald Trump, whose values are so different from what SoulCycle is about, uh, there was a call to cancel that business. And in a way, the message there is you're canceling not just the business, but what they represent, which is this very powerful man who has been so corrosive to democracy. So I think that is the lesson. It's useful if we use canceling to punch people above, but it can be detrimental if we use cancel culture for people who are already powerless. Would you count it as a form of protest? 
Or do you think it's more of also a culture of just starting the bandwagon? One of the criticisms against cancel culture is its mob mentality, right? It's related to the pylon culture, or I think in Tagalog, kinukuyog. Kinukuyog ka I get that point. It is a form of protest if, again, you're holding somebody powerful into account. So yes, it can be that. Why do you think there are people who need brands or businesses to share their own beliefs? Actually, I don't know why businesses bother sharing their own beliefs, especially political beliefs. Because I know businesses have values, right? It's part of their corporate identity to portray certain values or principles that define their brand identity. But I think it becomes controversial when businesses take a stand in political issues. Personally, I feel ambivalent about businesses that take a position on issues. And the reason for this is because, especially for big businesses, businesses that have huge profits, sometimes talking about their political positions publicly, sometimes it's cheap in the sense that you can say whatever you want because you have so much profit, but I would rather see businesses practicing what they preach without naming names. If there's a business, say, supporting Lenny Robredo's campaign, Maybe that's good. They're taking a political position. They're being transparent about it. But I think what matters more is if they practice what they preach. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lenny Robredo as a candidate stands for someone who's been uh, supportive of farmers and workers. She's been a lawyer for these marginalized groups. The business would contribute more to society if they actually Mm -hmm. try to replicate the values that their candidate supports. Mm -hmm. I think in the same way that if some businesses support Bongbong Marcos who call for national unity and who call for um, nationalism, then maybe it matters more if the business actually puts their money where their mouth is and actually do something that supports Filipino communities. So I think in that sense, I would rather judge a business depending on how they treat their workers, depending on how fair they play the game, rather than just talking about people that they support. So it's more than graphic publication. more than the drawing they post on social media. Absolutely. I think one of my pet peeves with a lot of businesses when they talk about support for gender equality, like they support working women, they support uh, women in the boardrooms, they have all of these beautiful posters and promotional materials about it. But I think I would rather judge a business based on how they treat their janitors, who are often women, for example, caterer in their canteens, right? Talking about their political positions on gender equality is so easy, but the real test is how do you treat women and how companies support them. If you're familiar, one of the boycott movement that trended was when Color It, it's a brand of uh, local makeup. The owner tweeted about nasaan yung pangulo and then mm-hmm. the DDS were calling her Dilawan, bashing her, telling her that they're going to cancel all their orders. It became a Twitter war. And another thing I can think of was Spotify with their defense that they're keeping uh, Rogan. Do you think it's the business of should give in to these kind of calls for boycotts? I think it really varies as well because the Colorette example, from my understanding, uh, the owner is very much part of the brand, right? And she's very active on social media. Mm -hmm. So if her brand is being woke, 
and political, then I think it's fine, right? So I think they can very much put themselves in the center of political fights because they think it's part of what the brand represents, which are, you know, Filipinas who are open and willing to speak their mind. I think that's it. I fully understand why it would make sense for some businesses to express their political views, even at risk of getting canceled because they know their market anyway. So it all boils down to their own branding. Yeah, I think so. And I think to go back to the SolarCycle example, um, that is why it was troubling for that brand because that unmet expectation, right? That you're a brand calling for holistic wellness and fitness and diversity. And then suddenly you have your key investor supporting someone, a candidate whose values are very much um, against that. So in a way, it's not on brand mm-hmm. for, for SolarCycle. But honestly, I haven't seen like boycott trend that really successfully affected the business especially a big one thanks dr nicole for your time thanks my pleasure and now as a case study on cancel culture we hear from colorette cosmetics founder and ceo nina elaine dizon cabrera who faced backlash when she used the hashtag nasaan ang pangulo in a tweet this was on november 12 2020 after a typhoon laid waste to the country and president duterte was nowhere to be seen I think the branding of Colorette speaks of a woman's principles, of a very opinionated woman. How did the brand become the brand that it is now? I think it just emerged from um, me being really opinionated and me wanting to stand my ground. But also, I want to give the credit to my team because they're also very progressive and very socially and politically aware. Kapag yung principles mo as the owner or as the leader, nagre-reflect din yung principles ng team mo. So you become aware na gustong gamitin yung platform sa tama. But most companies, especially the big ones, they're very careful of their branding of being political. That's why maybe siguro in our culture, we get surprised if a business speaks up, if a business supports, or if a business rejects politicians. What made you not afraid to do it? Number one, consumers and the audience now, they're more aware also when it comes to social issues and political issues. And ako as a consumer, I also look at the authenticity of a brand. And gusto ko yung brand na may principles also eh. There's this called ethical consumerism also na you support the brands whose principles you support and you don't support the brands whose principles you don't support as well. And for me, Colorette has gained such a huge platform. So for me, if we have the facts, if we're well informed, there is an opportunity for us to use the platform for what we believe in, for what we think is right, then why not? Having that kind of brand of having someone who really speaks out, what responsibilities does it go with? For one, of course, you have to protect your employees also. So during that time na they were asking to boycott Colorette, they weren't just targeting me, but some people targeted my employees as well. Those are the kind of things na hindi mo siya maiisip na possible pala nalang gawin yun, no? Right now, we express our support publicly for Lenny, Kulay Rosas ang bukas. First, we ask the team, hey guys, are you ready? It can get dirty, it can get messy, you know? Pero we put systems already in place na oh in case na there will be a flood of trolls this is what we're gonna do and this is the pre-preventive measures na i-implement natin just so we could prevent what happened before I think if 
I recall correctly, your opinion was tweeted using your personal account. Yes. Yes. Yung nag-viral. Oo. Yung during, parang nasaan yung Pangulo. It was during the height. Oo. Yes. How is it affecting you as the owner of the company? Is it making you more cautious of what you're talking about online? It taught me to educate myself more, but it didn't really taught me to keep mom or be quiet. Because number one, that's not me. And number two, I don't find fulfillment in keeping quiet when you can use your platform to speak up and influence people. In terms of being more careful, mas gusto ko na before I say an opinion, mas informed lang ako. Para when there is a backlash or when people ask me about this specific topic, I am confident enough to say na, hey, I studied this, I research, and this is my stance on this matter. I'm talking about the boycott movement. How bad was it? How did it affect the business? In terms of sales, in terms of numbers, there wasn't a negative impact. That's very safe to say. If anything, we actually gained more customers who wanted to support the brand for standing up for what we believe in, for being a brand who is politically aware and who was brave enough to stand their ground during that boycott era. Ang dami rin nakakilala sa Colorette na, oh, this brand exists pala. And hey, this is a very young and progressive brand. And I think we gained a lot of loyal customers because of that. When they said na they were boycotting, they were gonna buy anymore, we didn't see that in terms of canceled orders, in terms of a decline in sales. Nothing like that happened. Yeah, because I saw you even challenging them to do it. As a brand, also as a company that has its own principles, do you require your employees to have an aligned principle as you? Not necessarily, but within the team kasi, we are very progressive individuals. So there are uh, mini chit chats na, hey, have you seen this news? Oh my God. There, It's not mandated na, hey, you have to believe in what I believe in. We're an open team and we're a company who's also open to discussions and um, being educated. So if someone doesn't believe in the things that we believe in, we're, we're open to that as, as well. I mean, we're in a democratic country and we're not supposed to dictate what they should feel, no? Pero as much as possible, we try to be supportive in terms of giving them information kung misinformed sila or hindi pa nila alam yung mga bagay-bagay and to make them understand why we believe in the things that we believe in. But you have employees who believe differently than you. Actually, when we publicly express our support for Lenny, we did a poll. Mm-hmm. And the poll was um, within the team, within the core team, it was 100% very game naman. So that's why we pushed to win it. But for like the other members of our team who are not there, like yung mga ibang employees, hindi pa, wala namang ganong discussion. How about the upcoming elections? How did it play a part in your business? In my personal account lang, there are a lot of trolls. When we posted the Kulay Rosas ang bukas, there were also a lot of comments. But due to the preventive measures that we put, like filtering the comments and somebody was keeping an eye on it so we can block the trolls before they even flood it. I think majority of the companies are also online so they're also able to push back naman. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Nicole Corato, a professor of political sociology at the University of Canberra, and Nina Elaine Dizon Cabrera, founder and chief executive officer of Colorette Cosmetics, speaking with Business World reporter Marielle C. Losenio on cancel culture. A few takeaways from this episode. 
If you plan to turn into a keyboard warrior and try to cancel someone online, make sure that you're punching up, that you're calling out someone who holds power. Don't go off and cancel people who are already powerless, who are already marginalized, who are already victims of society. And if you run a business, Professor Corato and Ms. Cabrera have different opinions on whether you should take a political stand. Ms. Corato says that it's better for brands to show people what their values are through their actions because talk is cheap. And on the other hand, Ms. Cabrera says that if you have a platform, why not use it for what you believe in? What do you think? I'm sure you'll let us know on social media. This B-Side episode was recorded remotely February 2022. It was produced by Earl Lagundino and me, Sam El Marcelo. Thanks for listening.